This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter VI. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Let us begin. Shiza! Shinku Hadouken! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stay the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy, it's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games, the come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, the come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, the come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, the come on and let's get it. Talk time. Welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody had a great week, whether you're a wrestling fan or just a fan of something in general. But we had a really huge week of wrestling, um, both good and bad in a sense, because we lost a lot of people. We lost actually not just people in the wrestling world. We lost some a lot of legends and icons this entire week and it just led into a big wrestling pay-per-view week so you know it started out really sad but then it got a little bit better if you're a wrestling fan um but we do have a lot to talk about in terms of people who passed this uh last this past week and um other news is going on but yeah i mean again i dedicated the last episode of select start to bray wyatt aka window rotunda and uh terry funk legends 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 and the wrestling world and you know both of them have been in video games too so i mean that's how famous they uh were in life but we lost a lot more people and uh we're gonna talk about that in the next segment but again i hope everybody had a really good hopefully positively healthy minded week um as far as you can go but we lost some great people in the world and we're gonna talk about that as well as asuka which uh, premiered last week as well. First two episodes premiered. And um, I, you know, I'm going to talk about this series, not as a hardcore Star Wars fan, as a casual Star Wars fan. Yes, I am a fan of Star Wars. I'm not hardcore like it. I'm not hardcore. Like when I talk about hardcore fandom, I'm talking Marvel. 
because I know not only the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I also know about the comic universe as well. So even to, to some extent, DC, you know, I, I know, but like Star Wars, I'm if it's outside of the three original films, the, the original trilogy, if you will, then there's parts of it I know about and parts of it I don't. So um, there's going to be some disconnect of my see of my knowledge of what's going on but i am aware that this show is heavily based on star wars rebels which i never actually saw before but we're going to talk about my thoughts on what i saw how i felt about it you know was it you know what you know how do i feel about it in terms of you know some of the best star wars shows that i've seen so far uh you know and going in so we'll talk about that and much much more but let's not waste any time folks we got a lot of things to talk about we're fortunately going to start off with some sad news but let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg so once again uh unfortunately i have to report this and this report's been out and nobody's been happy to report any passings going on in the week but you know there's been a string of passings you know some of age some too young of sorts um this one this is kind of in the middle for me um this happens to be one of the og voices of harley quinn the one who started it all actor arlene sorkin passes away at the age of 67 uh announced on social media by actor neil kaplan who's another voice actor another popular voice actor in the world who got the news from a reliable source as he puts it sorkin was the very first voice of the iconic harley quinn who debuted the character in the classic show batman the animated series she later lent her voice uh, onto other w, uh, WB animated shows like Superman animated series as Harley Quinn as well uh, and others, uh, Static Shock, Justice League, and much more, including as Bambi on the cult classic film Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Everybody loves that movie. Everybody loves that movie to this day. No word on the cause of death at this time. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out more what happened, but 67 at this stage of this generation of our lives is kind of young-ish, if you will. Um, not so much like decades ago, but now it's like because people are living a little bit more longer, a little bit more healthier, you know, stuff like this. It, it's really sad. I mean, now with that said, she passed away at 67. It is still to me a bit of a celebratory type of situation in a sense. I, again, if you don't know, if you're new to the show, I have this rule when it comes to legacy legacies of people who passed away. I have this kind of mindset. Whereas if you pass away, like say we talk about, you know, Wyndham Rotunda, Bray Wyatt from WWE, who died at the age of 36. That is way too young to pass. You got so much more to give. Now with that said, Wyndham Rotunda made a huge mark in the wrestling world for the time that he had. Whether you want to say that he had a good run or not he made an impact on professional wrestling you know let alone wwe in some form or fashion we knew of his greatness even if certain people in that company didn't relish on it you know um 
the dude was he was just fantastic um but 36 is a very young age he could have had so much more to give and so much more to go his mindset was just awesome so in a lot of cases when you're that young or even younger than that it's a time to mourn that because you want to know that they have so much to give and again not many people have gotten the opportunities that bray has um gotten so like it's celebratory but it's also sad at the same time but when you get to the age where terry funk gets in terry funk is has lived a enormously long life and when that within that life is a life of that he got to do everything he wanted to do he lived how he wanted to live and then also he paid he paid it forward and paved the way for others to do the same and as i said i you know i stopped by the um sunday night's main event all in pre-show uh just yesterday and i i we spoke about that and it's like terry funk is the embodiment of what wrestlers should be uh, what the wrestling industry should be you know pay it forward look out for the future take care of the future and allow the future to make change if you will and adapt to it and um you know don't be stubborn about it and terry funk was not that he has such a great story and journey and, and legacy that he's left behind people who pass at the at the asia he did which i think was like in the 90s you celebrate that life that's a life that you celebrate because he got to live long enough to do so much to make an impact to change history in a lot of ways that's something celebratory so lives that are like of you know you live that long you live past 80 and 90 to me that's celebratory because you got to live and learn and love the life that you were able to lead so you know that it, there's a different case in my mindset of how that works so when it comes to um miss sorkin here it's it's right in the middle of this to me um she has done look she her voice will be heard forever in the eyes of many fans in the dc world because batman the animated series is one of the most iconic animated series in a long time and she is the voice the original voice of the most iconic character in animated in comic book animated series and in comics it started there it started with her and for that we thank you for all of your talents and all of your service thoughts hearts and prayers to all family friends and fans of arlene Sor uh, sorkin and um yeah it's uh it was just on a roll i mean this news comes in addition to other reported celebra uh, celebrity passings like we talked about with terry funk and bray wyatt Wyndham rotunda and recently just recently the legendary icon himself bob barker at 99 it's bob barker man we i mean like just like terry funk he's in that same role with terry funk he's a guy that has done the prices right forever he has led a huge legacy he is a Amer he's an american treasure not just an icon he is an american treasure um terry funk will be a treasure in the wrestling world but bob barker is an american treasure point blank um most notably for you know for um the price is right but also known for his many iconic appearances on different things uh such as he was on family guy makes appearances there nobody every, the biggest one happy gilmore him and the fight between him and happy 
made that movie that that no, say nothing if you will that helped make adam sandler <laughs> you know it, it made it helped elevate adam sandler's stardom to even more because nobody ever thought of seeing bob barker in the situation that he was in in that movie and those two getting into a brawl out battle you know with, with adam saying the price is wrong bitch it's that's such an, uh, an iconic moment in 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 the adam sandler's history in movies um unforgettable and then also if you're a wrestling fan you remember that too because chris jericho also did a awesome segment with uh bob barker as well unforgettable segment on wwe with that too um he will be missed he will be missed all of them every one of them will be missed but they also will be remembered which means they are immortal and that's what immortality really means to be remembered way past your lifespan and these it's safe to say a lot of these people will be remembered for way longer than their lifespan way longer than many of us you know they will their their memories will outlive us in a sense and we thank every single one of them for their talents their time and their entertainment and you know helping us you know enjoy our lives a little bit more for that so rest in power and rest in peace to all of them all right moving on to some lighter news here i want to give my thoughts on the teaser trailer for Zack snyder's rebel moon I, you know some people got issue with Zack snyder i don't uh he he's a hit or miss guy but what he one of the biggest thing that he always hits is his video uh, videography and visuals it is unlike anything we've ever seen before and nobody can replicate it and if they try it's just like you're obviously taken from Zack snyder here but his visuals is cinematic artistry you know what he did with uh 300 what he did with the watchmen what he did with the justice league you know uh what else Sin didn't he I, did he do sin city i'm not sure I, I always forget i always forget whether he worked on sin city but that was awesome too but um he's he's pretty much a cinematic genius in a lot of ways and um this is another one that looks like it's going to be a banger it is said to be compared to star wars but also it has a rated r um it's going to have a rated r patch to it with a with a lot of sexual content and violence or whatnot you know it's, it's going to be everything that star wars is pretty much not <coughs> in this case but um with visuals and cgi effects looks awesome as expected and the movie is it will come with two parts the first part will be um december 22nd and the second part will arrive april 19th 2024 all both of these movies are next are netflix exclusives so you will only be able to see it on netflix from there uh this is the third or second depending on how you say it it's the second or third project that he's worked on with um netflix he's done a movie that uh a zombie movie a zombie apocalypse movie that starred batista in there or dave batista in there um which was i thought was really entertaining i thought it was pretty cool a lot of fun it was a, it was a heist slash you know zombie apocalypse movie and uh i thought it was pretty cool so i expect this one to be no different i will definitely watch it i will most likely review this um and enjoy this as well and speaking of Zack Snyder some other news came up when he was interviewed on IGN he spoke about wanting to make a movie based on a popular game series that game series 
two actually two actual popular game series actually it, both from xbox one of which is gears of war and the other one i believe halo it was the other one either or or both i think Zack snyder is the perfect person to direct those films especially gears of war gears of war to me is right up his alley i i remember i owned gears of war when i actually had you know for my short stint with the xbox i couldn't i wasn't into those third person shooters and you know the way it took me a while to get into those third person shooters like i i, I just couldn't get into the idea of that and then i played transformers uh, war of cybertron and actually liked that version and i don't know maybe because gears of war was kind of really stiff it was really kind of challenging in a sense but i found um cybertron you know war on cybertron um to be a little bit more uh fun to play and then god of war came out with a version similar to that as well i think the idea i didn't like is the fact that the camera wouldn't allow you to see the front of the you know deal and i've never been a fan of that now they got you know now they do it where like you can see the front like god of war even if he's walking around when he's not doing combat you could pan the camera around to see his whole entire scale and body and, and the character model and everything and i was like that's a waste of visuals to me that you can't pan around or look at the actual character and see the character whether they're talking or whatever like that to me that always it never it always bothered me um but god of war i think is a much better version of that type of style of gameplay to, in my opinion um but i i will watch this i would so watch this um gears of war and halo are two extremely popular games i know they came out with a halo series that i watched and um it was okay i couldn't really I, i'm not the i'm probably not the right person to say whether uh that halo series was good or not but uh i know there's some hardcore halo fans that did not like the series i thought it was okay as just a sci-fi series in itself but other than that um yeah zack snyder doing a movie on either or i i honestly i think he could pull it off and make it look especially gears of war to me i think he can make it look extremely epic i hope that phil spencer is heard that and say like look a good way to get xbox to get more notoriety and more popularity these days maybe come out with a movie based on any of those game franchises that you guys have because they need it they need they need this type of thing look what i mean we're going to get a god of war series coming soon we got uncharted which regardless of what you think of uncharted we got a movie based on uncharted i actually particularly like the movie um not the greatest thing in the, in the world now people you gotta understand when people say that they like stuff that doesn't mean it's the greatest thing since sliced bread or if if you will never understand that that phrase but you know it, it that's the same um it just mean that they liked it it doesn't mean it's like it's it's better than anything in existence it's not it doesn't mean that it's an oscar winner it just means that a person likes the movie so don't go out of hand with it or whatever like that you know what i'm saying like um just and just accept the idea that people like a movie and you know i didn't mind it i didn't mind it at all so i know god of war is coming out but we never there's never been any show or animated series to my knowledge aside from halo that has come out since and halo you know i believe it more was 
a fail than a missed and a hit, if you will, for most uh, fans out there. And on top of that, it's it was exclusively on Paramount Plus. Now say what you will, Paramount Plus has some great content, but it's not one of those things that everybody's gonna get. Like, I still think you need to put it on a platform where everybody can see it. Um, I just think they dropped a ball with that. Like, I, I don't, I honestly don't really think that every putting a show on every streaming app is going to be a, a good thing because not everybody follows every streaming app. Netflix is one of the first has been out. Netflix and Hulu has been the first has been out for God knows how long they are heavily established. So even if people drop off, there's still people who jump back on a minute that a series like one piece, uh, which is coming out next week is you know going to be you know they're, they're going to jump on it and people have jumped on netflix for quite a while netflix has been more successful than um it, it is a failure disney plus so, you know it's because disney is a different case disney has a more established type of you know name and brand even if people fell off it people are still aware of it people are still going to jump onto it now granted with the price hikes and all that stuff that also plays a factor so i don't know how many shows are going to get too much visuals Amazon Prime, they trap you in because of the shipping, you know, deals and all the stuff in the Prime deals, but you also get some great content there as well. So, and award-winning content from that too. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see with that, but I would, you know, he, if he does it, if they do it, I think this is a great deal for Xbox and Zack Snyder is a name that people can, you know, jump onto because he does say what you will about Zack Snyder. There are people who don't like him, but there are people, many people who do, they will jump on this. They will, especially if this Rebel Moon series, you know, really becomes successful. If he pulls this off and people like Rebel Moon, then it's safe to say that they will try to move on and do Gears of War. It, it would be safe to say that, that I, I would immediately jump on it. I will put the budget on that. So we'll see. All right, anime, let's talk some anime. Let's talk Baki, Son of Ogre. Um, the second half of the season came on to Netflix. And this is the moment we've been waiting for since, since 2001. Me personally, but I know other people who watch Baki. And again, if you don't know what Baki is, Baki the Grappler, based on a OVA that came in the late 90s, uh, that talked about it, it it was a story about a kid who's a prodigy fighter and he's so good that he uh, he enters this underground tournament in tokyo right under the tokyo dome which is like a underground no holds bar valet tudo anything goes type of you know deal mixed martial arts uh uh mat tournament if you will and he battles against guys in a battle to almost damn near the death and you're this 15, 13 year old kid or 15 year old kid that is able. All right, here's the deal. I'm gonna give pro wrestling, you know, uh, comparison here for wrestling fans, especially AEW fans. Baki is the equivalent of Nick Wayne. You know, he's literally the, the, the Nick Wayne is like a wrestling prodigy right now. He's, he just turned 18, but he's been wrestling since he was 15 and and non in, in like indie events and all the stuff and his father was a former wrestler who passed away um buddy wayne who just you know recently passed away and but this kid is phenomenal like he's fought not just people in the indie shows but he's fought people 
from around the globe. He's fought main event level characters around the globe and made five-star matches with these people. This 15-year-old kid. So he couldn't enter the world of professional mainstream professional wrestling until like he turned 18. He's now 18. He was already he already received a contract from you know AEW prior to so they could lock him in so WWE wouldn't take him which is a great idea because WWE probably wouldn't know what to do with him and they would probably mishandle him ungodly. That's a whole nother story that we can, that has a lot of, lot to do with Bray Wyatt and many, many more in there. But I digress. Baki enters the tournaments. He faces, you know, these guys, but all this to be stronger than his father, Yujiro Hama, who at, in a lot of ways is compared to, it, uh, you know, as like, as evil as Akuma on Street Fighter. There's always been some comparisons between the two as to who was the more evil incarnate, if you will, in that case. So in 2001, they made an entire series based on his, you know, journey. So they started him earlier. They, they based it on like when he was like 13 or 14 or whatever like that, 13 maybe. And right before he entered that tournament that fight in the OVA version so it was based on his it was a prequel pretty much and then they got they went past the time of the OVA you know uh movie I guess you could call it and now they basically added his father to it and we now know that he's been fighting to prove to be he was being groomed by his mom and his father to become as strong as him and lo and behold, Yujiro is the most savagely evil dude of all time. He is so powerful. He's taken out armies on his own. He is defied reality, defied physics, if you will, with his body. Like some of the things that happen in Baki is the most ridiculous, absurd, out of pocket and over the top things you could ever see in an anime in terms of you know fighters and it, it's hilarious at this point it's, it's become hilarious because they go so out of pocket with the logic of how these guys are able to do these feats and it's he, Ujiro is so feared and dominant in around the world that he will go to a he would go to a president and ambassador a uh, prime minister if you will and convinced them to give him uh diplomatic immunity so he could do whatever the hell he wants because they fear him that much so he is okay if he wants to fight somebody and kill somebody he can <laughs> because they give him they give him and, and apparently through for years he's going to every single u.s president including president obama but they don't call it's a fictitious version of obama in this case um and he they set up this meeting because they know they're gonna have this meeting with him so he so every president can you know give him uh diplomatic immunity it's crazy so baki trains all around the world by a whole bunch of people that are deadly and can kill him and at any time just so he could become more powerful recently they've discovered a prehistoric paleolithic you know fighter from back in the day who used to beat dinosaurs up and he was i guess he was resurrected 
or taken out of ice and he is said to be as powerful as yujiro and they these every fighter whenever a strong fighter comes in every other fighter migrates over to whoever the po most powerful fighter is and they try to test themselves on it baki being one of them and i think this was the final test for baki to face before he faces yujiro and he manages to you know get through that and then the next part of the season comes in where we finally get to see after since 2021 is 2023 we've been waiting over 20 years to see these two fight and we finally get to see this and i gotta say i'm slightly disappointed at how this ended or even how this even conducted to leading into it first it was funny in a sense because baki all right take note in the midst of all this for those who don't know yujiro kills baki's mom his wife because she wanted to fight back against you know for him taking out baki and almost killing baki uh and everybody around so he crushes her literally like he breaks her back and kills her with no remorse with no regrets and i'm thinking like okay the whole entire time baki constantly is reuniting with his father he's going he's going to want to try to take him out to take his father what we saw in this season was him thinking all right he he they had the conversation about his mom and why he killed him he asked me about it but we never got an answer so that's unresolved and then on top of that the whole entire thing was them kind of bonding and i'm sorry i am not but I, this is me personally i you know baki's its own character that's their character but it's just crazy to see a kid well he is a kid too that's a that's a whole other situation too baki i think is still i think he's 17 or 18 by this point maybe but even still it's like now you're trying to bond with your father the father that actually killed your mother and you're trying to find a bonding situation with him so he has this situation where he wants to have dinner with his father with, with yujiro and all that stuff and i thought it was funny because still he's not actually trying to have just dinner with him he knows that eventually he's going to have to have he's going to have to fight him and he's going to try to and fighting him not just because his father you know killed you know because his father killed her uh, his mother but to you know show that he is stronger to him and they have this thing and they have this calm subtle situation at first where you know he wants them to do the dishes but he's like they're doing rochambeau rochambeau or rock paper scissors if you will and baki beats rock he hits rock which beats his scissors but Yujiro uses his scissors, uses two fingers as scissors to crush the rock and crushes his hand to prove a point like some scissors can actually cut through rock, <laughs> which makes Baki end up doing dishes. So they have this little subtle moment. And then all of a sudden, later on, they end up really fighting. So much to the point that the owner of the, I forgot his name, but the owner of the, um, of the arena that's underground in the tokyo dome clears out his whole entire mall which 
he said like do what y'all want y'all could destroy them all everybody's evacuated but in hindsight the fight in the aura of this fight has gotten so big that people from around japan started migrating to see this fight that they can easily die from because of how dangerous these two are and then people from around the world started it got so weird after a while so it like got extremely weird you got to see it it is it's, it's insane but by the end baki actually kind of didn't win against his father but he stood up enough to be able to, to like say that he's not going to stop until he dies he broke ligaments and and crushed his skull and, and you know there's fractures everywhere in baki's body and he was on the ground but his spirit got up and not to mention yujiro's father spirit came up as well and it, again i can't describe it you got to see it for yourself but by the end it's like all right baki's spirit comes up and still tries to fight yujiro and at this point People can see what's going on with their spirits resonating and all that stuff and what's happening. Baki has a new technique that projects a Tyrannosaurus, uh, you know, in here and, and, and uh, or a Triceratops, I believe, that people can actually see. It, it, again, I, I can't, it's hard for me to describe. I can't do this justice. You gotta watch it. It's wacky and wild at the same time. But by the end, it's like, he gets his ass whipped once again by his father. He doesn't dominate like everybody wants him to do. But at the end, it's like he gets up and then Yujiro just all of a sudden says, you proved your point. You won. And they declare Baki the winner. And I'm like, how does he feel proud about this win? This dude, and they actually at this point, I believe they shook hands and that's how it all ended. And I'm like, okay, the whole mom thing was unresolved. And then on top of that, he didn't really win. And he didn't win in the way that, you know, it, he didn't win in a dominant way. To me, that's like, that is lame as hell. Like, how does he declare himself like the winner at this point? It, it was just weird. And I know Yujiro felt like, okay, finally there's a guy who was able to take me on in a way that I felt I would, you know, I've never been dealt with before. And I feel like, I feel relief. So, I mean, based on that and i felt like he just gave up because now he has the fighter that he's been looking for with baki that's all fine and good but he didn't you did you beat the living crap out of him at that point on top of that again i'm not going to stress this enough the mom thing was unresolved he never answered about it baki never really truly got his revenge and it ended on a handshake but his mom is dead i'm like what the hell is going on here and that's how it ended I, to me i'm exaggerating probably when i say this but to me this is the biggest disappointment since the final episode of how i met your mother because <laughs> i still can't i can watch that show up until the end because i get so pissed off at the idea that they made us fall in love with this chick that he fought he we finally got to see who he ended up with and everybody loves this woman and then she it, that that ted ends up with and then she dies all this to get around back to him dating robin i'm like are you kidding me like stuff like that it's just like it's just why do it that way it, it's 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 it to me is a big throw off and that's how this was with me this was a big throw off 
20 years of waiting for these two to get at each other. And that's how it ends. It ends so anticlimactic. <laughs> it's just, I was like, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. I'm, that, that, I'm just so disappointed. So if you're a Baki fan, maybe you'll have a different opinion on this. Maybe you have a different view of this, but for me, it was like, they could have done a lot better here. And it just, at this point, the show got so over the top and wacky. It, it just became laughable at that. So it is what it is. That's what I've been waiting for for 20 years. Yay. Freaking yay. All right, let's move on to the last point of news that I want to talk about before we go to our talk topic. And that is Justice League cro crossing over with Ruby. Um, I never did review this series. I did see the movie, but I never reviewed it. Ruby fans out there, you know, Ruby is uh, a cartoon as a animated series a it's anime-esque if you will and it's uh something that rooster teeth uh for people from the people who uh you know from rooster teeth and the, the series has gotten so popular over the years has generated into video games is generated into crossovers with other people one of them being the justice league and the first movie came out where the justice league which this is always a common thing for Justice League. They always travel to different universes and different worlds and different earths. And this time they ended up in a universe with the Huntsman uh, themselves. Um, so they ended up in the world of Ruby and they their whole entire look and it, the look of them actually changed to match the Ruby look and everything. And they end up fighting against enemies in Ruby's world and such. So I thought it was cool. I really liked that. Never did review it, but it was a it was a good, you know, cool, fun, you know, movie to watch. But there's part two coming, and part two has been announced just recently. Ruby uh, Ruby Cross, uh, I'm sorry, Justice League Cross Ruby, Superheroes and Huntsmen Part Two has been announced, and this time Team Ruby enters the DC universe. So in this universe they look different now they look a little bit more mature a little bit older um and they kind of match up to what the justice league looks like now um they are facing off against grim who arrived in their universe more powerful than ever uh this is coming soon the trailer just came out it looks really cool i'm looking forward to it um pre-orders are available now uh, digitally i believe and uh should be coming soon later on this year so stay tuned for that folks that is what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I am going to give my thoughts on Asuka, the first two episodes that premiered on Disney+, and what I think about this in terms of the Star Wars universe continuing, and in terms of what I think this may be, in terms of what I think of the ranking of best Star Wars series so far. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. 
This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my thoughts. I want to give my thoughts on the first two episodes. I'm not giving a review because it, this uh, Ahsoka Tano or Ahsoka is a eight episode series. But I want to get my thoughts on the first two episodes and just let you know if I'm ready to just I'm on. I'm in for this or I'm out. I'm just going to say it already. I'm in <laughs> for a lot of reasons, for a lot of reasons. One, I've always did like the Ahsoka Tano character. I've. Again, I'm a casual fan of Star Wars, but I have have dipped my feet in the waters of, of the Star Wars universe every so often. One of which I used to watch the Clone Wars. I watched like one or two seasons of it. I wasn't as hardcore as many other people to it, um, you know, and I didn't have the love of Dave Filoni like other people have. Not to say that he was bad, but it's just I'd never just really been that big of a Star Wars fan. And I think a lot of it stems from the disappointment i had of the first three episodes and i was literally because i love the original trilogy but when it when the the first three episodes came out it was kind of a it, it really kind of you know it tainted my love for star wars just a tiny bit but i will say i did love revenge of the sith the third one the third one they should have just came out with the third one and that would have done it the third one was to me was the best one but then they did clone wars and you know which is a you know prequel lead into the events of um the first three movies and whatnot and the clone wars and everything really you know factored in it really focused on anakin but it also introduced uh ahsoka which became a fan favorite to many because she was anakin's padawan so then I stopped watching and shortly after that, or like later after that, not shortly, they came out with Star Wars Rebels, which this series, this live action series is heavily based on the events that happened there because everything in the Star Wars universe connects. And that's what I love about what they, what they've been doing with the Star Wars universe for years. But I think Dave Filoni and John Favreau have really, really honed it in better than it ever has so no matter what you see if it's star wars related it all connects like star wars uh jedi survivor that just recently came out connects um it, they're still up to the debate for um uh what is the force unleashed but they just recently brought back out the force unleashed for the nintendo switch and there was times where people said that they sliced they chopped that off from the uh from existence if they brought it back out to me, that's that's telling me that Star Killer is still a factor in the Star Wars universe, and I hope so because Star Killer is one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all. That dude was no joke in that game. So they, you know, that's pretty much the situation here. This show is heavily based on Rebels. I never watched Rebels, but I understand that this is where Ahsoka Tano kind of grew up. It takes place after. The events of anakin turning into darth vader so um we got to see what happened with her in that situation it has changed her considerably she's no longer considering herself a jedi in this case 
and the Jedi's are all pretty much defunct at this point. Uh, but she also had to face a Grand General Thawne in this series, played by Lars uh, Mikkelsen, who I believe played, he voiced the role in the animated series, but he will also be returning as the character. He's reprising his role in live action. Some of the characters from the show will be returning in, this, in live action form. I do believe Steve Bloom will eventually come back because he, he uh, made an appearance on, uh, I think, The Mandalorian as Zeb um, Orliso, or Orlis. So he's, he's, I got a feeling he's, we're going to see more of him coming soon since they already showed him on the, on the Mandalorian or was it, was it the Mandalorian or was it Obi-Wan? One of the two, one of the two, um, series he's going to make a comeback. But basically what's happening here is that the story of this right now, for, based on a, a, episode one, Balin Skull played by Ray Stevenson, uh, AKA the third Punisher ever. <laughs> uh is a former jedi now turned to a as a mercenary with his apprentice or padawan uh shin hadi um they invade the new public uh new republic cruiser to rescue morgan uh elsbeth uh, if you will and uh who was previously captured by ahsoka tano so i believe this may be based on some of the events of um Star Wars Rebels, if I'm correct. Somebody can absolutely correct me. I'm learning as we go along here. So, um, Elsbeth, and you know, she tells um, Skull that Ahsoka is searching for Grand Admiral Thrawn, who has been missing for years uh, after their previous, after being previously defeated by Elzra uh, Big, uh, Brigner. Ahsoka and uh, Huyang. They managed to get a map, a star map, if you will. Really cool Rubik's Cube-like thing. I hope they make a replica of it because I will buy it. It's really awesome. Um, but they find this map and which has the location of where Thrawn is. And Skull and uh, Shin are going to look going after her to get to retrieve it. So along with this, she returns to the planet where Sabine Wren uh, is at, which is a main character on Star Wars Rebels. Played by Natasha Louis Bodizo, uh, who is taking over the role from that was pre previously voiced by T uh, Tyra Sikar. Now, reason being because Bodizo actually looks more of the part. <laughs> she looks exactly like the character in the uh, in the animated series, so it would be hard for that visual to kick in. And I know there will probably be some issue with fans about that too so i thought the, the casting was pretty cool she looks she really does look the part there and um she apparently is or was the padawan to asuka and she's looking to uh for sabine's help in order to uh find grun or keep anybody from finding him and whatnot so Whatever happened in the rebel and in, in Star Wars Rebels has led to those two having a bit of a conflict with each other. And when in fact, Ren actually more or less wants to continue her studies as a Jedi. And she ends up also wanting to um, search for Thrawn herself, but she wants to handle it on her own. And she's trying to figure out how to unlock the, the um, unlock the actual, what is that? The, uh, the, the map. Also noticeable is that she has this little alien pet 
really cute cat-like alien pet. It looks like has a <laughs> has the face, the body of a cat and the face of a monkey, almost so to speak. But it, it makes cat noises. And come to find out that that cat, he was the former or whatever that thing is, is a former pet of the one of the main characters of Star Wars Rebels. But now she's taking care of him. And I got to watch Star Wars Rebels because I have no idea what happened to that main character at some point. But he left. Uh, I believe he was a Jedi. He left the lifesaver over to Ren, who's now been studying as a Jedi, so to speak, in this case. And um, just it, it, it's a very interesting situation all around. So she ends up getting she ends up taking the actual uh, the map, which Ahsoka did not want her to do. And this leads to her being in trouble because Skull and Shin end up finding her, ends up taking the, the map. Uh, she figures out the map and everything and the droids that invaded her and um, invaded everything wind up You know destroying every whereabouts of how they can find her and whatnot So they have it back and it just turns into a whole type of situation um, But it leads to Ahsoka and Ren really kind of coinciding with each other and you know Making up for whatever and now she wants to be come you know her apprentice or padawan if you will so this was a pretty much a prelude to what's going to happen there but it's a lot of focus on the rebel series so like if for people like me who didn't watch the rebel series you would definitely you will have to go back and watch that film but i will say this it doesn't deter you away from just watching the show and enjoying it as is it just they give you some room some space to want to explore the events that happen right live um you know coming up to this show so it i liked how they put it together because it's like whether you want to go and explore it or not you can still enjoy this this show without knowing too much about what happened before and they kind of do remind you of things that have happened before but if you really want to do that you could go back like i'm going to go back because I'm, I'm i'm very interested in who some of these people are who are uh you know who some of these people you know why things are happening leading up to that so i mean again there's some changes here of people like rosario dawson is playing osaka tano who wasn't the original voice or whatever like that but she embodies this role she's awesome i like the more mature version of osaka i know enough about osaka tano than any of these characters on here because i used to watch clone wars and i knew how of a nuisance she could be to Anakin every so often, but this is so, a so much more seasoned and mature version of her. I do appreciate the look, the, the situation. And this even made me want to go back to Clone Wars to some extent and, you know, pick up where I left off from there because I didn't realize she went through such hell. But then again, Anakin became Darth Vader. So how could she not in this sense? But it changed her in completely in here. So you got also Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who, um, look, because of Scott Pilgrim, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to love this, um, this actor. She played Ramona Flowers and, and she will be playing Ramona Flowers again in the, uh, anime in the Scott Pilgrim anime when she comes out. I had such a crush on Ramona <laughs> when that movie came out. Cause it was like, I don't know what was about her. Something was so dope and cool about this character. And I see why Scott kind of leaned onto her. And it was like, yo, Ramona's kind of dope in a really crazy way. Um, but she also played Huntress on uh, 
on a Harley Quinn movie as well. And I thought she was awesome there too. So she plays uh, Hera Sindola in here, which I believe could be a character in Rebels. Again, I got to go back and watch it. But uh, I really thought it was cool there. Ray Stevens and Ivana Sakno, uh, who plays, you know, Balin Skull and uh, Shin Hati, really enjoyed them. They are, uh, so far, they said, they, according to I IMDb, they're on for two episodes. But again, this is Disney. In this lucas films and marvel do the same thing where they don't reveal who's going to be in for how long i can only go by what i'm seeing here so um i also i think there are more characters that is going to be on this show that um they're revealing here like i will say steve bloom may also possibly make an appearance on this show too because his character zeb has made an appearance, I believe, on a, on a Mandalorian recently, or Obi Wan. One of the two. I think it was the Mandalorian recently that he made an appearance on, and um, he, uh, he, he, you know, people are big fans of that character too. So it's possible because of his connection with Rub that character's connection with Rebels that he will be revoicing that role as the alien character as well. Um, we may even see Dave Filoni come back as Chopper you know, to some extent too. So, um, it, this is pretty cool. I, I like what they did here. I like how they put this together. Um, it allow it, it's giving people a chance to explore other different aspects of the DC. I mean, not the DC universe, the star Wars universe, if you will. Um, but it doesn't take, it doesn't, it, it does allow you to enjoy the series for itself. So it leaves a little bit of window open for you to say like, okay, I see what's going on here, but I want to find out deeper what's going on here. And the show has been entertaining enough for me that I want to explore it a little bit more. David Tennant is also in here as Hu Young, uh, Young as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, David Tennant is just awesome. He's just fantastic. Like he's Purple Man always, forever <laughs> in uh, in my world. So, um, but I will I will definitely say this. Um, I love the action and I think the action is was standing out for me because you know you got the Mandalorian which is kind of like a sci-fi spaghetti western if you will Osaka Tano is giving me very much samurai vibes and the fight scenes on here is just absolutely fantastic like the fight scenes with that uh Osaka is into and she's using both uh lightsabers or whatever like that dual lifesavers and how she uses them is so next level I love the way she does this in here. So I'm looking forward to seeing um, what's going to happen next. I'm fully in on this show right now. And um, looks like I'm slowly but sure. The Mandalorian, I will give credit for the Mandalorian to reinvigorating my fandom for Star Wars because I was not a big Star Wars fan for some time. I would watch, I would go see a Star Wars movie. Like I said, the first three episodes, well, the, all right, the first two episodes, I should say, did not wow me. The third episode, I was like, okay, this was way better than the other two. And it should have just been this because I felt like they just dragged the two together. But there's some people who love Clone Wars and the the animated series actually helped reinvigorate the Clone Wars movie. It really I, I think it helped sustain the Clone Wars movie. Um, and Darth Maul was the only reason why people like, you know, episode one. You know, it was that and that was just it. Um but everything from there that Dave Filoni has been putting his hands in has been said to be awesome. And I can vouch for that if 
you know, because he put it, he had his hands in the Mandalorian along with John Favreau, who I think was an even bigger part of why this everything's connected together. But the Clone Wars, because Rogue One did not do anything for me. The only thing that Clone One has done good for me was the ant was the droid in that movie. The droid in that movie was the most entertaining part for me in that. But the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is is my entry back in to the fandom of Star Wars. Um, Osaka, and then second, I actually enjoyed um, Obi Wan was good to me, uh, especially because I believe that's where Thundercat ended up being on as well. So. You know, those two alone started grabbing me back. And then from there was, um, what is the one? And, 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 and now Osaka seems to be really doing me some justice too. So it's getting much better. The series is getting much better, especially the Mandalorian because they brought back Luke Skywalker as the young Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill as the young Luke Skywalker, which I thought was phenomenal. That was so awesome. Um, I love that. I love that season too. That's oh, that season two was incredible. So, yes, and then I, you know, then you know, Rosario Dawson came back as Osaka in, in that season as well, which let lead us to, led us to all anticipate this series. And so far, so good, so really good. I am already, I'm really invested in this. Looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next in the next uh, six episodes because it's an eight episode series. So we'll see. But for now. I got a lot of catching up to do on this. So if you are, if you've been wondering, do you haven't checked it out and been wondering, you know, about this series, I'm loving it so far and I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it to the very end. To me, this has the possibility of actually being as good as the Mandalorian or maybe even becoming better than a Mandalorian. So we'll see about that. But go out of your way, check it out. I am not giving it a grade because we haven't seen all eight episodes, but really so far, so, so good on this end. So folks, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and every episode, which you can check out officially on Talk Time Live. Never miss a beat there. You can find all of our audio episodes archived there, all our video exclusive interviews, including, I can announce this right now, our next guest, one of our next guests, by the way, uh, will be scheduled for the fall. Reason being because a particular video game that I've been waiting for is coming out and this actor is starring in it. And that is none other than the returning Talk Time Live guest, Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Boruto, because Boruto Cross Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections will be coming out in November, November 17th. We are going to have her on slightly before the release of that show. So you will probably hear it the day before or the day of the release of that series. And we're going to talk about her role in it because now she is the starring role of this game. This is not based it. Molly's going to be in there. Of course, Molly's voice name. You saw the you saw the trailer for it. Molly's definitely going to be in there. In fact, she mentioned that she was doing voice roles of the show like when we interviewed or talked a while back and uh but we did she didn't say what and i didn't want to pry to talk about what she was because they can never really talk about what they do into it till they announce it so i like my friends to have jobs okay <laughs> i'm not trying to get a scoop on them i just want to learn things and talk to them about it but 
she is coming back we're going to talk about it because now she is the starring role of this naruto series and it's going to be this the new story is going to be based more around baruto than it is uh naruto this time so i'm going to be happy to catch up with her on what she's been doing what's been going on in her world since the last time we talked which i believe was during the pandemic so we definitely got a lot of catching up to do on there so stay tuned for that he uh she's gonna be one of the first and i got somebody i got one another one in the making hopefully i can make that happen as well because it's been a while since i've talked to this person and he's been had he's had a lot going on in his world too so hopefully i can get in touch with him and we can reunite soon for that too so stay tuned for that but man just coming back to talk about uh baruto cross naruto uh ultimate ninja storm connections uh much more so stay tuned for that but you can find all of that on talktimelive.com as well as a bunch of blog uh content and just a lot of cool things that'll you know be coming every so often so stay tuned for that and much much more if you want to follow us on your favorite podcast platforms such as spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher poppy tune in you can find us wherever podcasts are played as well so next week we're going to be talking one piece the series is coming on the 31st and we're going to talk about whether this hit the mark for anime fans you know this is the live action one netflix has been hit or miss with these shows so far so um you know this has been this is going to be uh looked after by the creator we'll see how this goes but i have some i got high hopes for this because of who it's involved in this series so uh i'm looking very much forward to this and seeing how it goes i it, you know i was skeptical at first but as i more i've learned about it i'm like okay i'm a little bit more excited about the coming of this i think they're gonna do this a little bit justice compared to what many thought didn't do justice which i actually like when that was um cowboy bebop so we'll see it's gonna be the the really hardcore fans versus the cynical trolling want to review bomb type of people who definitely probably needs therapy more than anything you know a therapy and a date or two something nature but yeah we're going to talk about that as well um and this sunday uh, i mean for select start teenage mutant ninja turtles shredders revenge dlc is coming out we're going to talk about that um russell quest i'm going to talk about that too because we didn't talk about that on uh with boris and all the stuff so yeah we're going to talk about all that this week and give my thoughts on all of those things there so stay tuned for that and much much more so folks thanks again and that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here take care guys and have a great and safe and healthy and happy week Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.